So we're presently out here walking up Bay Street with the rest of the masses just stepping out of Monday Night Raw at the Scotiabank Arena. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah, hi. This was your first ever live wrestling event. Yes, yes, it was. How did that go for you? It was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And it was so exciting. And I drove like Jordan nuts because I was like, because <laughs> it was like so much fun. What, what did you liken it to, which is maybe the best quote for live wrestling I've ever heard? Um, I likened it to, like, the best actual medieval times experience because you actually have, like, bad guys, but they've, like, you, you've, like, traveled with them throughout the years and months, and they've, like, they're, like, the best heels, and they're, like, really good at it, and you, like, have all the good guys that you're cheering for, and you're just like, smash them through a table! And someone did get smashed through a table, y'all. It was amazing! Hometown hero Edge won his match with Damian Priest, which I was not expecting, frankly. Kevin Owens got treated like a conquering hero. Here in the Triple H era, which we've talked about before, it was just a stellar, stellar outing. Really didn't have any complaints about the show or the matches put on. Definitely solid, solid event. And apparently, I said uh, as we were leaving, I asked Kate how she felt about her first and maybe only wrestling event. And someone shot that notion down really quick and informed me that maybe I should let her know the next time I catch word that the boys are coming back to town. More wrestling in future. More wrestling in future. <laughs> I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, enjoying a beautiful cup of coffee here from the GDP B&B in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, I, I have tea as, as well. I, I have a hot drink as well. It's a rare return to uh, morning recordings here. Yeah. At the old the old Geek Down pod. I see. I, I don't know about you, but I'm much more awake at night. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, nighttime recordings are great. I'm also probably giddier at night. I mean, that probably would have worked for me before I started waking up at 3 a.m. every day to go for go to work. So right. nights nights don't hit like they used to, y'all. Also, I'm, 45, I'm almost 45, so that'll do it as well. Friends, this is episode, my God, 290 of the Geek Down podcast. <gasps> if you would like to hear... Any of our other 289 episodes, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a little rate, review, review. Three words. Review. We've been over it. I haven't calculated the uh, I haven't calculated the character count yet, but you rationalizing why you can't leave a review would take longer than leaving the review. It's true. The show's dope. Okay. Send. Hit send. Send tweet. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, we don't even mind the conjunction. Pushes us up the algo. <laughs> we don't like the conjunction. <laughs> oh, Lord. Gotta love her. 
when you do that, you push the show up. The algo helps new friends find the show. And we would like new friends. We're not, a, yeah. we're not averse well, to new friends. N- not in person, but but like oh, good, digital new s- friends. Sorry. D- yeah. Don't misconstrue that. Yeah. Never in person. But, you know, yeah. pen pals. Would love pen pals. Tweet, mute, Twitter mutuals. Social, social media mutuals. Moots. Love it. We're all, uh, all about the moots here. Moots. Moots are great. Um, I love the... Uh, the like friendships where you just like each other's stuff. <laughs> just live. That to me is like ideal friendship. <sighs> it's ideal. And it also like, listen, having this podcast confuses me and other people in my life into thinking that we have a stronger relationship than we do. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't get that, but I definitely get that people will ask me or talk to me about things and I will have zero idea what they're talking about because they're on like episode 200 and like 10. Oh, good Lord. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you talked about it on the podcast. And I was like, I don't remember what happened yesterday. I don't remember. I was like, okay, catch me up. What were we talking about? So, yeah, that's always an interesting conversation. Well, friends, when you review the show and become a new friend, you won't ever have to worry about ever missing a future episode once you get caught up. Because the responsibility will be off you and shouldered by someone who does it gladly. And rides a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, just sprinkling those episodes directly into your device, and that is your man's. Chauncey Basilicus III, geek down internet elf. His time is coming. It's also our time, to be honest. It is. It is. As, as summerlicious as I've grown in my later years, we can't deny, we are autumn children. And, uh, and there's just something about, like, being able to wear layers again. Being able to cover my body <laughs> just makes me feel better about the world. I have been told by someone whose opinion uh, I value greatly, your man's can rock a crew neck pretty well. So Nice. So it's crew neck nice. season. I... We're coming back to crew neck season. It's my time to shine. It's the one time yeah. a year. I'm just out here in the crew necks and the, and the khaki joggers. They're tights for dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. So, someone that worked, honestly, someone at major Canadian retailer said that once because I, I had re-upped. <laughs> I bought, <laughs> I bought like a pair in like five different colors. I was like, oh man, I re-upped. I love these things. And my coworker, who's you know closer to my age than most of the people I work with, is like, yeah, they're tights for dudes. I'm like, oh my god, wow, <laughs> they are. <laughs> Ladies, if I ever made you feel bad about leaving the house in tights, like, fuck me in the face. Like that's. <laughs> I had yeah. it, I had it all the way wrong. It's it's there's something to be said. Definitely, I think you know people talk about the, the, what ha, what COVID has changed in the world and all of that. The big thing is I'm more comfortable now just leaving the house in like gross sweatpants. Like I just I'm like ah uh, yeah I'm not gonna not be comfortable. I was I spent too long being comfortable to go back. Did I? Did I steal uh, my father's pair of Puma slides that he didn't like when I was visiting home last time? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Like, oh, those are for those were just around the house. No, nah, girl, those are like to the laundromat. <laughs> those are like yeah. those are like quick bout to the grocery store. Those are just like we out here. Someone cute is horrified, but you know he's <laughs> like that sometimes. No, friends, God, please no, no. Appropriate use of slides. Crew neck season. Tights for dudes. Give us all your thoughts. Head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives on the social meds. Get up off Twitter. We're happy to engage with all your opinions on these matters. If you are so delighted by our takes, you just want to tell us thank you fiscally. 
ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks in the old tip jar. Always. Well, a- I'll take that. I'll take that kind of thank you. Any day. <laughs> Any day. Always, always welcome. Not required. The show remains free, but you know, if you want to say thanks, we would be grateful for it. Y'all, you heard at the top of the show, the, uh, the on the street reportage of our exit from the Scotiabank arena mm-hmm. from our viewing of Monday night raw in the box. In yes. The, in the private was Caitlin box. slightly manic? Yeah, she was. She was very excited. <laughs> Shouts to Kaylee, the concierge who, who was by about hour two waiting for the end of her shift real bad. <laughs> No, she seems she seemed to be interested. She was she was shocked that the entire booth was sold. Did you, didn't she make that comment at some point that like the, yeah, the box doesn't that, usually get sold out? No, it's usually not not filled like the way it was. Friends, I'm telling you though, if you ever have an in for any event at the Scotiabank Arena to view it from a box, you can get get at me too. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can I can link something up for you. A friend of a friend, as it was. That was a pretty wonderful experience, Caitlin. That was a great experience. I mean, it, what the problem is, is it has elevated the experience. Yes. I won't go to anything now unless, if it, unless it's in a box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, unless I'm not going to be with the plebs. My God. There was no, um, there was no line. There was a private gate. Yeah. Like it didn't even have a sign on it. We're, we're out there looking for gate two. There is no gate two. No, they don't. They don't advertise that. We had to get directed, no. and then we just no. slid on through. And I held my we, phone. We up didn't and... even just get. We didn't get directed. We got like like subtly waved in. <laughs> it's like, don't let the rest of these people know where the gate is. Yeah, and just kind of got waved on through. Held my phone up, ding, and off we were up the elevator. Yeah, into the bells no. of the Scotiabank, and it was so quiet. And also, we got free food. We did get free food. Now, I mean, here's the, here's the thing, though. Um, do you, do you have social anxiety, uh, Y slash N being in the very quiet, you know, peaceful vibe of, of the box and looking at the drink list and immediately going, Oh my God, why are you like this? Um, cause maybe I wanted one beer to enjoy, uh, my outing and we're informed that, you know, you can bring anything back and it's cheaper on like the third floor, the upper bowl section. So if you just want to run down yeah. there and get a drink and run it back, you can go ahead and do that. And stepping off that, the silence of that elevator into the hooting mass. <laughs> that is a stadium <laughs> of WWE fans. <laughs> just to get one $17 tall boy to bring back to the box. <sighs> the extra two bucks might've been worth it. Also, yeah. stop charging $20 for a beer. What the fuck? I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, that it's just highway robbery. It is completely highway robbery. But because I, we, you know, I didn't need to pay for tickets, I was okay paying mm. for, for other things. Um, but, uh, yeah, usually I never, I just starve. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Huh. I didn't get a hot dog, though. I should have got a hot dog. <laughs> that, was was, on, that was on me. The hot dogs were free, yo. Um, yeah, I know. But, but okay, we, we should have had goodbye hot dogs. That's what we should have had. <laughs> we should have been recording that bit out front with, with our mouths full of hot dog as we stood in the middle of Bay Street. Friends, we don't need to run down, like, the card for you. I, I think you've had enough wrestling talk in the last month, and it's now over a week since the event as you were hearing this. 
So we won't get into that at all, but what I uh, did want to update you all on is that to my to my disappointment, because I mean, I wasn't going to do it, but I at least wanted the choice. I wanted to make the active choice not to do it. There were no Acknowledge Your Daddy t-shirts available for sale. I mean, I would have slapped him very hard <laughs> and made sure he did not purchase it. But yes, like he said, at least he wished there had been a chance to. And sorry, last, last thing. Shouts to that girl sitting at the table with us. <laughs> that was the highlight. She, that was the highlight oh. of her like year and was definitely the highlight of my night. She was out there doing color commentary. She was. It was. I was like, at first I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be really weird without any of the color commentary. <laughs> and then she just like was like, oh yeah, you want to bet? Take a seat. And just like, yeah, it was amazing. She was so excited and I was so excited for her. It's a vicious shot by priest into the ring post. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> yes. The treat for me, friends, has uh, been Caitlin McKinnon learning all the like little in-jokes that wrestling fans have with, each- have with each other now. Like the fact that the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring. And when yeah. someone gets slammed on it, you have to yell out that it's the hardest part of the ring. Yeah. Or when a referee gets bumped, you have to scream out in despair that there's no referee because then anyth- yeah. anything can happen. Anything. Ah, shouts to Edge. We'll see you in August. <laughs> Kate, Caitlin, Caitlin informed me we'd be seeing him again in August. So yeah, see you next year, Kate. Yeah, I have one bit of news, and you said you have just just so much, so much to talk so about. No, no, no. Some smattering. I have a smattering. You have a smattering? Okay. Well, we'll save your smatterings for after this, which I just found as I was ensuring that my brand spanking new internet connection that is now the fastest speeds that 2012 has to offer is now in the poly pocket. Not only can we record, not only can record a VoIP phone call to record this podcast, I can also check a website at the same time. Amazing. It is amazing. So, uh, a title that we have not heard from for a while, uh, Black Mirror has made some announcements. Nice. I know in a post, post-Trump, post-COVID world, some, including me, recently actually, was wondering, is there a place for Black Mirror anymore? That's a think piece for another time, but apparently there is. Netflix still wants to pay for it. There have been some casting announcements for the new ser- uh, for the new series. Friends, if you're under a rock i don't think how this is not an underground show anymore i don't believe but black mirror is the dystopian sci-fi anthology series originally created by charlie brooker for the bbc back in lord like ages ago almost a decade now i feel like um they've done five seasons that have since jumped to netflix as well and also grown it's gotten very big it used to just be like in the bbc style like five episodes a season and now when on netflix it's like 10 episodes or like a special movie or like choose your own adventure shits or whatever um they really they really like taking it and run with it so uh the bits of note here are uh new cast members that have been announced including uh zazie beats uh papa isedu josh hartnett aaron paul and kate mara uh, also of note here is apparently uh, in question is the involvement of series creator Charlie Brooker, Ooh. who originated the show, and whether he will return for season six. Uh, according to Gizmodo, Black Mirror has been in limbo for three years since season five aired on Netflix, mostly due to production companies changing hands during that time. It is still unclear 
whether or not Brooker, the originator of the show, will return for season six, but there is currently no indication that he will do so. He is currently slated to produce an untitled project for Netflix. Following the streaming giant's investment in his company, Broken Bones, which he founded with his creative partner, Annabelle Jones, in 2020, leaving the fate of Black Mirror in question. So, Brooker got his golden handshake to go make something else, but Netflix still wants more Black Mirror. So, TBD how that shakes out, but I will be curious to see what Black Mirror has to say in a world that has become more and more like Black Mirror in the years (laughs) since the... Oh my god, it's... I'm almost like, did Black Mirror do this? Did you guys do this? I mean, that's a stale take at this point, but it's it's appalling how close it's come in the yeah. uh, in the years since the show first came out. But I will check that out one way or another. If nothing else, you put Z- put Zazzy Beats and Aaron Paul in the same episode. I want to see that pairing. I just want to see Zazzy Beats. I mean, yes. Is the land of season three on Disney Plus yet? I gotta check that. Future update for later. Caitlin, what do you got? I, like I said, I have got a smattering, a smattering. of things. A potpourri? A cornucopia? A, po- a cornucopia. Well, no, I wouldn't say a cornucopia. I'd be like, it, no, it, it's like one of those like sample beer things where it's like tiny little You have a flight? Sample. You have a flight of news? Yes. I have a flight of news. Um, one thing which I, I don't usually read Rolling Stone, but... Um, through something else I was reading, they mentioned a Rolling Stone article with Neil Gaiman mm. on on basically a lot of it was about like kind of not the history of the Sandman, but like how he why it took so long, like how he kind of had to protect it. Um, and it was it was very interesting. Um, it's called Neil Gaiman on the secret history of the Sandman from giant mechanical spiders to the Joker. Um, it was really interesting. It was fascinating. I mean. Anyone who has read, a, you know, a lot either written by Neil Gaiman regarding writing and the Sandman or, you know, has read a lot of interviews or listened to a lot of interviews. This, a lot of this may be old news, but I, I've read quite a bit and some of it was new and it was just, it was really interesting. And um, I thought the questions were really good. Sidebar, sidebar yeah. related to that. If you would rather listen to that sort of talk instead of reading. Uh, Neil was on the Mark Maron podcast at the start of August, which I was completely unaware of. And I went back and listened to that this week. And um, thankfully, Maron, despite not being a a comic guy, like started reading Hellblazer first, like in the 80s when he moved to L.A. and started doing stand up and stuff and found it resonated with him because he was in the throes of addiction at at the time Um, and then moved on to Sandman and read probably most of Sandman. So the fact that he does, Marin doesn't always have an in with the person he's interviewing, but he did in this case. I mean, Neil strikes me as pretty amenable in most interview situations. Um, He's pretty easygoing and like, doesn't expect everybody to like know everything about him when he goes in. Mm -hmm. Um, But Marin did. And just hearing details, like probably the same things in this Rolling Stone article about the origins of the character and where the name came up and the the, the inspiration of the seventies version of the character and it wasn't it wasn't as much about that actually so you might want to listen to both and sorry I didn't actually mention but this this is I don't know if it's part of or um, basically there's also on YouTube there's an extended interview with Rolling Stone mm. which m- much of this might have come from I don't usually like watching interviews 
it's an anxiety thing. Um, I'd rather read them so you can read it, or I guess you can watch it if that's better for you. Um, but it's actually more about like the, 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 who was trying to adapt it and mm. like how a sort of a little bit of history of that and like how Sandman was able to be kind of protected in a way. Um, did which he, that was all very fascinating. Did he tell the story about getting called into the Warner brothers office and pleading with them not to make a movie? <laughs> No, he did tell the story about the guy who made um, Wild Wild West. Oh, God, he was um, involved? That's an infamous Kevin Smith story from and his mechanical spider. So, but before Wild Wild West, um, he had, so they basically told that director, like, he had three things he could choose. Hmm. And he chose, like, um, I think it was, like, Superman, uh Wild West and Sandman and wrote this script where um, Morpheus, Lucifer and the Corinthian were like, they were, they were triplets and they were like in a contest to see who could find all the items before the millennium. And like, literally, I kid you not, Neil Gaiman full on just says like, I leaked the the script. (laughs) Because it was so, he's like, it's literally the worst thing I've ever read. And he's like, usually I'm I'm pretty nice and I find something to like work with or I find something to, but he was just like, no, this was actually the worst script I've ever read in my entire life. It was, it was, this is, this is what I loved. It was just like the, being very frank about this yeah. kind of stuff. He didn't go, he um, didn't go that deep on Marin, but he did say, I've read so many bad Sandman movies. Yes. Um, so yeah, so it was just, yeah, that was all very interesting. Um, and then a part of the flight, uh, also is concerned. It, it, weirdly, it, this is not, it was, this is the story on io9. Um, I'm sure it's other places as well, but this was not what I was interested in. The story is about, uh, Chris Hemsworth is apparently going to be this, mis- uh, they don't know what his character is, but he's going to be in Mad Max Furiosa. Okay. The thing I was, really excited about was that they're making Mad Max Furiosa, <laughs> which was a kind of a plan or planned, but then kind of got shelved. Yeah, kinda, and I thought it just fell by the side, right? Like it didn't seem a Yeah, I thought it just wasn't going to happen. And I'm now so thrilled that it is going to happen. So I don't know much about it. Um, I haven't really researched it much, but I'm just excited that, that it's going to happen. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I like Chris Hemsworth. He's pretty funny. He's a good actor. Um, as, as we all know, the Mad Max movies are laugh riots. That's what we go, that's what we go to Mad Max for. They have weird dark humor in them that I enjoy. They do. They do. Like, like the Thunderdome. Like yeah. that whole movie is just like wild. Like it's very Monty Python at, at times. So I really enjoy that. Um, other things that I didn't know what were, were happening and I'm just excited to hear about it is that um, Marvel is giving Monica Rambeau her very first solo comic, which oh. is excited. Um, so if, for people who don't know, um, I mean, Monica Rambeau, it's going to be Monica, Monica Rambeau Photon, mm-hmm. um, which she's been for ages. But actually... A lot of people don't know. Monica Rambeau was actually the second Captain Marvel and the first female Captain Marvel um, before Carol Danvers. First first one I encountered, I believe, when I was yeah. collecting and comics in the 80s. I've always loved uh, Monica Rambeau. So, like, I'm just excited about that. Anyways, um, the first comic will be coming out. The first release will be coming out December 7th. So just in time for gift giving, if that's what you do with your people. 
Um, and also, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but apparently if you just want, like, uncanny valley, like, kind of horror but not meant to be, um, watch the Pinocchio trailer. I will never watch a Pinocchio trailer. Because <laughs> there's a giant whale in it. You're goddamn right. Yeah. Anyways, if you are not Jordan and you want sort of, apparently it's just not, it's just, it's, it's weird. Um, you just, you is, Tom, just is Tom that. Hanks in this? I believe so. If he is, that now makes two classic Uncanny Valley, uh, Tom Hanks performances. Yes. Tom Hanks is Geppetto. So he's got Polar Express and now there's right. Pinocchio. <laughs> Well, no, he he plays a, a human in it. Oh, okay, just okay, okay. The, the puppet Pinocchio, like it just, it's. I'm just even looking at the like, what do they call it? The snapshot they use for, for YouTube. Yeah, what's the, that called? Thumbnail. The thumbnail, um, and it even that I'm like, <laughs> like I just don't like it. So I find it like just, bleh, but um. This is maybe the only time reading the comment section has actually been great. Um, so one person says, like, imagine imagining how horrific that already horrific donkey transformation scene will be in CGI. No thanks. Um, and then someone's like, what's with that sexy fish? Like, that's too sexy for a fish. I am, as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I am 100% going to be... Um, going to be watching this trailer just so I'm in on the conversation. <laughs> so one last thing I'm seeing here that is worth commenting on. Um, I don't believe, first of all, I don't believe these numbers are representative of North America. I'll say that first. They're still staggering though. Um, and belie the trends that are occurring in North America as well, at least from where I'm sitting at major Canadian retailer. Um, and where we comment sometimes that has the bloom come off of this rose? Um, it would appear not. Uh, the headline is the spy family manga has topped 25 million copies in circulation. Ooh. Um, and that year over year, months over months, it has like doubled in circulation. So in November, 2019 spy family hit a million copies by January. It was at 2 million. By May 2023, million. By July 2020, it was four million, and then month over month, it's basically adding millions of copies. That's insane. To buy May 2022, uh, going 21 million copies in what? 18 months, basically. That's wild. That's wild. insane. 21 million copies of your work out there now this these are all volumes and they're on about eight or nine or nine or ten in in uh, japan currently we're at about seven in north america um but it's from where we are sitting at major canadian retailer we see it as like it's spy family jujutsu kaisen and chainsaw man are like the big three wow that we are seeing and it is still wild to me as a fucking weeb who came up in the 90s <laughs> and literally the only thing I could get was whatever was in that bottom shelf of the VHS rack at Music World. Yeah. You know, your early manga or streamlined video releases, you know, watching bad dubs of three by three eyes because it's that you bought for $37 because it's just, that's what you could get. That's what was there. And now like the Amherstburg Public Library has like a full run of Orin High School Host Club, like 
my god just sitting yes. in the library like <laughs> it's insane it is wild um how huge it has become and what a boon for like the bookstore business has become i saw spy family yeah. amosburg in addition to having you know it's charming public library also has a bookstore um that is i think surviving based on the uh just grit of its founder who is uh, of means and has just decided that a town needs a bookstore and if it loses money it loses money <laughs> but a town well, needs like, a... good for you person if a, town, a town needs a bookstore and before i went back home i was checking out their uh, their instagram account and like they had like the first four volumes of spy family and were like announcing it as a thing like hey we got spy family back in stock and i'm like who in my town <laughs> You're not the only weeb, Jordan. Knows what the fuck Spy Family is or would even care that a... a, Again, remember, this is a town... The old men were sitting around lamenting when I was visiting just how, like, it's not the town... We have hit the point where it's not the town we grew up in. Because you don't have to drive 30 minutes into the city to get a book or buy a pair of jeans or, like... So, wait, wait... Your, your refrain, their refrain is like, oh, it's not the town we grew up in. Your refrain is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good. We are the old men who are like, this is not the town we grew up in because it's so much easier now. It's like, you kids don't know how good you have it. You can just yeah. buy a CD. I know, I know I know, it's uncouth, but a Walmart coming to Amherstburg, Ontario, I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this town. Because right. it just means like, you don't have to go 45 minutes into Windsor when like, to guy buy a video game. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's wild and spy family is wild too that is that is insane again i still think it's uh, not the greatest thing in the world but it's making people happy it's anya's doing all the work there that's all i'm saying yes anya definitely I literally so i remember how i was talking last week about i watched those like japanese travel videos mm, yeah. and they go to like you know they're on the train or they go i i watch a lot of like capsule hotel videos um and he was literally watching reading spy family and was like anya is the best (laughs) anya anya and hoshino gen's uh ending theme are doing all the work on spy family the 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 music box version of the ending theme big tiktok hit i see that one a lot i'm not on tiktok y'all i just perfume was doing something on tiktok so i had to download the app i love how you to clarify i I don't want people to think i'm actually out here like trying to be on tiktok i'm not i'm slow solely there for perfume amazing Anyway, Kate. Yeah. It's been it's been a busy week. I I don't have much. I don't know if you have much, but do you have anything that you would like to update the people on? Um, yeah, a couple things. Um, the first thing is I did I've only seen the first episode of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. You thought that thought was a was good great. episode of television? Yeah. It, I mean, it was it was fun. I did a couple guffaws um as you would put it. I, uh, I, I know it, they were, it was hard because they're trying to like fill a bunch of stuff in. Um, and I think they did it. Um, it wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't awful. I don't know. I've seen, there've been a lot of the dirt sheets have had a lot to say recently about what's going on in that yeah, show from like the, the writer's is- room wanting to do a lawyer show to realizing they weren't good at writing a lawyer show. So they stopped and you go, huh? <laughs> Um, well, I, that I don't know about, like the rest of the series, I don't know, but that first episode, it was, it was fine. Like it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, the second thing is Star Trek Lower Decks is back. Oh. So I watched the first episode of that. That wasn't a good episode. Oh. 
Um, it was okay. I can never, I can um, never predict her, yo. I thought like I know. I thought She Hulk was going to be like it was fine, and Lord Dex was going to be like Lord Dex is back. She's, she's I, I was excited, so excited, Lord Dex is back, and it was okay. Um, I do have a little bit of trouble. I mean, I know it's going to take Mariner quite a while to sort of like change, but it just it felt too much like like first season Mariner. Anyways, so. Um, yeah, it was okay. Um, though they did the ending of it was literally like if you are a fan of TNG or even DS9, Voyager, like the ending was so perfect. Um, I just, I couldn't get over it. Like I was just like, oh my God, yes. Uh, that was great. But the rest of the episode was just very messy. Um, we I ended up seeing the movie Lightyear. Okay, so um, someone cute watched that recently as well. That was surprisingly good. I don't know if they felt the same way, someone cute, but I'd like to hear your takes because I just, I, I was, I know Senior Correspondent wanted to watch it for a while and I kept on being like, eh, like it was, <laughs> I like like a massive Toy Story fan. So I was like, ah, oh, okay. And it was way better than I thought it was going to be and really good for kids. I could see that being a, like just a great movie for kids weirdly uh senior correspondent wanted to watch or had me watch the south park wrestling episode with vince mcmahon i don't know if i've seen the south park vince mcmahon episode it is it is actually it was pretty good do i need to find the I south mean, park vince mcmahon episode i think you do i mean there's some parts that are like you're like uh it's south park but some was actually quite funny and then something happened hmm Jordan told me about a show called Bluey. Yeah, I did. I have watched so many episodes of Bluey and I have rewatched episodes <laughs> of Bluey because this is like the um chocolate raisins of like or like it's it's not even chocolate raisins because I like chocolate peanuts more than I like chocolate raisins. I love this show so I love much. how when we do our year end, like a tossed off thing I mentioned in updates is going to be your favorite thing of the year. It's going to be my favorite. Um, I've had senior correspondent watch them with me and he'll just like put them on now just in the back, whether it's in the background or like with a rapt attention. I mean, d- does it help that there are only nine minutes? Oh, yeah, yes, it, yeah does. it does. Yeah. Um. Because you can just, like, I'm just, like, just one more. And then all of a sudden I've watched, like, two hours of Bluey episodes. Still a, still, um, still a dip in and out show for me. What was the one I watched uh, watched yesterday? The yoga Ball. Oh, yeah. Where it starts off with them just, you know, having fun stealing Dad's Yoga Ball. But the lesson is sometimes Dad sometimes dad forgets that Bingo's only four. Yes. And he play, gets, plays a little ruffle Bingo. Yeah. Bingo isn't good at using her big girl bark. And when she finally yeah. did. Did my heart smash into a million pieces? Maybe. Oh, this is Maybe like so did. many episodes. <laughs> so many episodes, my heart's just... There were a couple episodes that I was like, uh, and sometimes <laughs> I'm legit... I love that we're doing like an actual analysis, <laughs> analysis of, Bluey. of Bluey. Oh my God. Um, there are a couple episodes that I was like, uh, like, I know this is like, oh, parents don't do that anymore. It's like a lot of more gentle parenting, which I agree mostly with but there were a couple episodes that i was like no 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 i'm like kids we're going now like <laughs> like or kids no we're gonna stop that now right like i'm like maybe i'm just gonna be a mean parent <laughs> i don't know but yeah um what was it it was the uh unihorse i don't know if you've seen i, I, I have not seen that one yet i will add it to the queue 
Usually, most of them, I'm like, this is amazing, or like, yes, this is the lesson for both parents them, and children. Them, them, ki- them kids stopped being cute in that episode, or? Uh, it wasn't the kids. It was the dad, and I was like, if I was the mom, I would have punched him in the oh. face. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely not. Um, and there wasn't, I really couldn't distinguish the sort of, like, moral of the story mm. in that one, and I was like, this is a weird episode. Um, and there's been a couple where, like, yeah, you have to wait till the end. It's a lot of the, like, the long game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Bluey really <laughs> plays the pace off in the long it game. It does. It does. There's, like, two episodes where you're like, that's ridiculous, and he should have just done this, and then at the very end, you find it, and, like, I'm in tears. I'm like, <laughs> it's okay, bingo. Like, you know, like, yeah. Anyways, so... It's been lovely, and it's just been fun and nice, and I've kind of been having a really crappy week, so being able to put on, like, one episode of the show and just feeling just, better yeah, about the world. Just a little shot, little shot of espresso just to brighten your mood. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's everything I've been watching. Um, I have not had a ton, ton of time because everyone's on vacation at Major Canadian Retailer, and my bones are slowly grinding to dust. Um, but what did I manage to check out? Nothing I've seen. I've managed to check out much of, uh, yet. Uh, I saw episode two of She-Hulk. It did what I thought it was going to do, which was get a little better. Right. I'm still not, still not sold on it yet. Will I be there for the whole thing? Yeah, probably. But I mean, it's still. <laughs> That's uh, all they want, Jordan. I'm still, That's yeah, all they, they, they don't care. They need, they don't care if <laughs> I think it's good. They just care that I'm watching it. Cause then I'm a number on a spreadsheet. Never forget, y'all. Never forget. Art is not the point. It's fine. I'm rooting for you, Tatiana. But thus far... Oh, her face is so lovely. Thus far. Questionable. Um, finally, finally! After seemingly everywhere else on the Earth has watched it, season two of The Owl House finally came to Disney Plus in Canada. <gasps> Owl House uh, was a... Um, it's... Some people call it like a spiritual successor to Gravity Falls. It's really not. It's just like some of the same people are involved. It's a completely different show. Um, yes. It does have some of the comedic sensibility of Gravity Falls, um, but is much more high fantasy than than Gravity Falls is. Um, but I was, it was definitely, it had been a while since we watched season one. Season one we did on the show, God, like last August watch for Emma, maybe even, or the one before that. I think, yeah, I remember. maybe. Um, time is, is a weird concept uh, now. Time is a flat circle. Um, we, we both loved it. We both devoured the first season. Um, someone cute devoured it as well. Um, she probably ahead of me on season two now, but I was a little worried going into season two. I was like, Okay, I, I forget I forget stuff that happened. I forget I'm sure I forget some of the characters or this, that, and the other, and um, the warm blanket immediately. Like <laughs> fired, fired up the first episode. I was like, Oh yeah, here's all the stuff that makes this show good and why it's good and why you all should be watching it. Um only other thing, uh free game on PlayStation Ooh. this month, after the colon, it's like a dragon. And before the colon, it's Yakuza baby. <laughs> Oh, this is Yakuza colon like a dragon. The first Yakuza game in the franchise that did not feature Kiryu as the main main POV character. Um, and also a game I was hesitant to delve into because while the, all the other Yakuza games were brawlers in the double dragon streets of rage, uh, sort of motif melange milieu. That's the Ooh. word. I knew I'd get there eventually <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the brawler milieu. Uh, they fucked around and made Like a Dragon a turn-based JRPG. <laughs> oh. And 
I'm already bought in when after the first, like, tutorial fights, your little underling is like, why do you always let him get shots in on you? You always let him take punches. And it's because he sees that he really loved Dragon Quest when he was a kid, and he kind of sees every fight like that. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. So, and he sees the – he played so much Dragon Quest when he was a kid, he sees the world like that. It's come up two times. This is how the party system is going to get uh, involved. Um if you everything you need to know about the Yakuza franchise, go on YouTube. They put this on my homepage and Google this pause screen goes too hard. Oh my god. <laughs> and just enjoy. You will not get that pause screen until you have a party, but that's all I'm waiting for at this point. Um and I know it's going to use all the like all the you know, tropes of the fr- of JRPGs. There will be summons, there's special attacks, there's whatever. Um and in typical Yakuza fashion, it's absurd one moment and then hits you with, like, the opening scene has to do with your, like, your patriarch when he was a kid. He's about to get uh, McBain to use the, uh, oh. to use the <laughs> Chris and Andy term, which is when a character gets, you know, a lot of character development, only to immediately be <laughs> murdered a short time later. <laughs> this is from McBain's partner on The Simpsons, where he was... <laughs> Polishing yep. up his boat he was going to retire on called the USS Live Forever. Yep. <laughs> that's what we so say. Good. That's that's a good reference. That's what we say. Chris and Andy, I, I, they're, they're awesome for that one. But I know, I know the Patriarch is about to board the, the USS Live Forever. <laughs> um, but it starts with a scene with him and he was like a theater actor, like doing the like cross-dressing. Like he played the geisha. He was the lead. He played the geisha. Beautiful yeah. face. Um but like is abused by a stage mother and he's got a scar on his face that she did to him type of thing that was just dropped in there and it was super intense. And then suddenly you're back at Cabrero show and he's the boss and you know, he's the nice boss, right? Like he's, he's still a yak as a crime boss who probably murdered a ton of people in his life, but you know, but just an all tra- around nice guy, really. He treats the main character nice. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. even though I still he doesn't ha- hurt your horses, he does not, he does not hurt horses. And even though I'm not done, I don't even think I'm close to done Kiwami 2 because I got tired of walking around uh, Osaka with Haruko while she tells me to go win at golf bingo. It's never going to happen, kid. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> God. I may, uh, I don't know if I'll just jump ahead or if uh, my completest uh, leanings will be like, I need to know everything that happened to Kiryu before I jump into this game. Even though I'm sure it's two completely different stories, but I'm excited to get into it either way. I'm also excited to get into our discussion of Paper Girls. Friends, Akashwacharama rolls on after this break. We will talk about the adaptation of a comic we both enjoyed, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang's Paper Girls, which is on Amazon Prime Video. And we will get into that after this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. Because it is August Watcharama, we kind of like talked about them ahead of time, brought them to each other, had a sort of a conversation about the things we were going to watch. And this was definitely one of the things we were excited about. Mm -hmm. But before we talk about it, we have some rules. Yes. The first rule is the rule of three. That is if the thing comes in episodes, which this does, we will watch three of them. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. 
The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is we will not talk about the thing before we are we are in front of these microphones because we no. want you guys to have the freshest of takes, the hottest, freshest, pipingest of takes. Um, this thing is relatively new, so it it, it works. It's not a fresh take on an on a on a stale thing. Dropped uh, dropped just after Comic Con, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. Um, and the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Yes. And in this case, it's pretty spoilery, um, especially if you have not read the comics. So, yeah, if you don't want things to get spoiled or you're the kind of person who's like, ah, I hate when things are spoiled, then you need to get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. But like nicely, like I I never say that with with a harshness to it. It's more like, you know, go vacuum a carpet or like make yourself some tea or I don't know, tidy your fridge. It just if if it just don't complain about it. Cuz I've warned you. Every week. Every week. Every week. Um and with that, we're going to talk about Paper Girls. Paper Girls. Friends, I don't know when we first discussed Paper Girls on the show. I know we talked about the comic way back when because it was written by Geek Down Pantheon member, second possibly only to Mr. Gaiman, who we talked about earlier in the show, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who's written so many things we love, including Saga and Why the Last Man and Runaways and Ex Machina. Yeah, he's, he's part of the posse for sure. Definitely, definitely part of the posse on both sides. And this is Paper Girls, which was done... Has done and finished in the same... He was doing it at the same time as Saga, I believe? Uh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was very close, at least. And I have not read all of it. Have you? Did you finish it? I have not. I No, I got distracted by life. And then, <laughs> oh. I, and, then, and then I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I always like would see it. Or when I was in a comic book store, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Paper Girls. But I'd be busy picking up like Monstrous or the next saga yeah. or whatever. I think it was when the, the brick of the whole thing and one paperback came in, the major Canadian retailer. I was like, did that finish? Um, and it did. So that's good context for when we get into the uh, forthcoming discussion, I feel like. And to further talk about the show a little bit, here's your Wikipedia blurb. Paper Girls is an American science fiction drama television series written by Stephanie Folsom. It is based on the 2015 to 2019 comic book series of the same name, written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Cliff Chang. The series premiered on Amazon Prime Video on July 29th, 2022, so just about a month ago. Uh, the premise is such... Paper Girls follows four young girls who, while out delivering papers during the dark morning hours after Halloween in 1988, become unwittingly caught in a conflict between warring factions of time travelers, sending them on an adventure through time that will save the world. As they travel between time periods, they encounter future versions of themselves and must choose to embrace or reject their fate. That was pretty succinct. That was very succinct. <laughs> Neither of us can say the word succinct. Neither of us very can say Very succinct. Good job, Wikipedia editors. Uh, the show stars Cameron Jones, Riley Lynellet, Sophia Rosinski, Fina Streza, Adina Porter, as well as Ali Wong, Nate Cordry, Sekai Abeni, and a host of other people uh, as needed by the demands of the story. But those are your major leads. And yes, so just just get to it. Kate, you have watched the whole thing. Yeah. I gave it four episodes mm -hmm. and probably will watch the whole thing. 
but I'm still trying to feel, figure out why. How did you feel about the whole thing, having seen it all? Um, it's it's because it's lower budget, and we're used to things like Stranger Things. Um, yeah. Okay. So that that first, the Stranger Things comps are going to fly on this. Oh, show. and we knew this. We knew this from the beginning. I think I even might have mentioned that in an episode from a couple months ago. But to call this um, show Stranger Things with girls is completely is inac- wrong. completely inaccurate and false. Yeah. And do not think that yeah. going into it. This story is much more about how their relationship, how their relationship with each other changes them for the better. Um, and you can sort of see that over the episodes and how the, like the bonds of friendship, um, they, they really need those bonds of friendship to find like a launching off, uh, point for change. Um, because some of them have, you know, bad, you know, family lives. Um, and then there's also the, like the wrestling with, what you thought your life was going to be like. Um, yeah. So let's, okay. They... As we talk about further, let me just break down who the characters are here. Um, yeah. So our titular paper girls are uh, Tiff Quilkin, who is an African-American girl of high intellect. Uh, Aaron Chang, who you think kind of at start for the purposes of this show is what, there is no real main character. They're all the main character, um, but she's the early POV. She's a Chinese American girl. Uh, and starts the show. It is her first day on the job. Um, and Ali Wong plays the adult version of Aaron. Um, Sophia Rosinski plays Matt Coyle, a uh, tomboy who lives on the outskirts of Stony Stream, which is where they live, which is in Ohio, I think. They're delivering Cleveland papers, so I guess it's Ohio. Yeah. Uh, and Fina Straza as KJ Brandman, a Jewish American girl whose family owns several businesses in Stony Stream. And yes, those are, those are the four. So as we talk about the characters, those are the four we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, th- yeah, there's a lot of reckoning both for like the girls and their adult versions mm-hmm. when they meet them or more adult versions about like who they are and who they were and who they become. And, and that's really fascinating. So it's sort of much more of a, like, almost like an introspective story. Um, yes, there are crazy time traveling things. Um, and, and you're like, well, big budget, right? And you're like, oh, medium budget. So I think we're sort of, we're, we're not used to having like sophisticated stories that are kind of so, so, I don't want to say so small, but smaller, um, so that all, might be kind of all part of this. Of it. All this sounds very qualifying, Caitlin. What does that mean? Like, like, I know it's not great, but I liked it. Like, well, I mean, I know this is. I'm trying to put into words, even because I felt the same way. Um, though, as I got more into the series, it definitely got better and better. Okay. Um, so at first I was like, uh, maybe I'll just watch three episodes and then watch fourth and fifth. Like, it just it did get better and better. Um. And I'm feeling a bit of that myself. Yeah. Like, if I, I had time. Listen, shouts to this may be a show that is saved by the uh, fluidity of its runtime. Yes. Because sometimes, sure. sometimes it's 55 minutes. Sometimes it's 37. I think the, the pilot was 37 minutes. I think the pilot might have been the shortest episode. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely helps. 
when I was bang, I had a busy week. And when I bashed those three out and still had a couple hours before bedtime, I was like, well, shit, let me just, I'll, I'll give you a fourth. What the hell? Um, I definitely think that's, that's helping. Yes. Like I agree. I also love it. Maybe I also love it because there are girls and teenagers <laughs> and I was, I was weird and a, a bit of an outcast like that. And I like stories about people finding their people. Right. Um, to me, that's very like heartwarming. Um, so yes, as it went along, I liked it more and more and more. Um, I thought by and large, the, the casting was fantastic, except Jason Manzukas. <laughs> now, this is going to be upsetting to some people because some people like love his casting. I don't know that character very well. I don't think he appears in the first comic. As he, I can't remember if he's in the first trade or not, which again belies how much I can't remember how much of the comic I read. I remember seeing exactly. him in the comic. I remember seeing that character in the comic. It's just an old, um, yeah, <laughs> Mediterranean-looking fellow um, with you know frizzy hair, frizzy gray hair, who's like wearing an Apple T-shirt. And 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 maybe he's perfect casting. So I don't want people to come for me. I just don't, oh, this is the other thing, and this fits into to what. Uh, what I'm going to say about Jason Manzukas. Tonally, it's weird. He he just showed up and he just made his appearance, his big reveal at the end of the fourth episode, which is what the last thing I saw. Yeah. And it's after our much more effective um, Adina Porter. Yes, who, who I love. Who is crushing it as yes. the prioress, a high-ranking officer in the Old Watch, who are ostensibly the bad guys. And she is threatening and menacing and you are scared of her yeah so when jason manzoukas scares up as ostensibly the person she is scared of yeah mm, i totally agree with you that it's it's at least I, at least in the five minutes he was on screen i just saw he does not cut a and i have like figure. i have like a couple comments one i love jason manzoukas actually um two i think if he had played it straight it would have been terrifying mm. Because we never see Jason Manzoukas play it straight. He's a comedic actor, and he's really good at it. And he's really good at playing, like, loud and kind of crazy. And, you know, um, and that's great. And not everyone can pull it off the way he does. I think if they had given him the direction of playing it straight, and maybe that's not how it is in the comics. So, again, don't come for me. But I just think for this adaptation, if they had had him play it straight, I would have been terrified. You would have bought it. I would have 100% bought it. Um, and yeah, so tonally, I, when he showed up, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, I was like, tonally, what is going on here? Um, but as you, as it, it, it does like some TV shows and we're not used to this anymore. It takes some time for it to find its balance, I guess you could say. Um, but Overall, I did really enjoy it, and I am looking forward to second season, and I really hope they get it. I don't, I haven't heard anything, I don't think, yet. Um, and these days, it's just sort of like, who yeah, knows? I do shoot. think it should have gotten way more publicity than it did. Um, and I think a lot of people would have really loved it. I mean, I think it did, it did okay, but I do think that it should have gotten way more notice. Well, that's why we're here to publicize it. Maybe not in yeah. all the ways they may like. Um <laughs> So uh, to to lead into my thoughts, because I actually wrote notes, y'all. It's rare. It's rare anymore that I don't go, that I pre-write. But <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, I spent a lot of time watching this thinking about the idea of adapting comics. Right. If you try to explain to a person all the things that happen in this show, they would call an ambulance <laughs> because they are, will think you are having a stroke. You are having a brain bleed. Amazing. That is often the mark of good fantasy and science fiction. Yeah. But I am left wondering, there's something lacking here. There's a spark that I felt in the comic that I'm not feeling here, hmm. which I find odd because I felt it in Sandman, which was widely thought to be unfilmable. Right. But this show, which is for all intents and purposes, less wild than the Sandman is, mm -hmm. feels like they had a really hard time adapting it. Like I feel that in the bones of the show, especially in the early episodes. Right. I watched it three times. I was in, in the first setup, the scene with Aaron and her mom. Great. Loved it. <laughs> All the bits in the early going as they're delivering the papers, the scene where, you know, Aaron's fucking up and she gets accused of stealing somebody, stealing this racist dude's paper. Like that was all really effective. I will say my brain is wired wrong. So when the musical cue was an instrumental arrangement of shares, if I could turn back time, that song came out in 1989. The scene is set in 1988. Maybe I just couldn't let it go at that point. And I was like, somebody didn't do their homework. <laughs> it's the most comic book guy thing I could possibly, <laughs> possibly oh say. God. I'm aware of that, but it just literally yanked me out by the collar. Worst episode ever. All that said, I loved all that stuff. The weird shit starts happening. The sky goes pink. They hide in this, or some somebody steals one of Tiff's walkie-talkies, um, which he's very proud of. And they go to get it back, and stuff happens. And that whole scene where the stuff is going bad, and they're like, what was wrong with his face? It just, I ran that scene back three times, Caitlin. I, I'm like, are you going to fill this in later? Like, the pacing was really weird, and the editing was really yeah. weird. Yeah, it was. Like, and suddenly, bang, they're, like, in the future. But, like, were we supposed to know that right away, or are we supposed to figure it out with them? Like, We're supposed to figure it out with them. It was unclear. Very jarring. Um, mm. Other things I was not thrilled with here... Um, Got a little better, but you made me wait too long for it. You can't just have Mac be that much of an asshole all the time, leaving me to assume what her life has been like. Right. Her her attitude felt unearned to me in, the, in the early episodes. And you kind of get a sense of it later on when she has met up with her future brother and finds out, major spoiler, that in that timeline she died of lymphoma when she was 16. Yeah. So she's not even really supposed to exist. And, you know, she had the hard scrabble life, which is probably filled with a lot more trauma than she has ever acknowledged. Hence her attitude and her personality and the way she lashes out all the time. Yes. Um, but it's like, you shot Aaron in the gut for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> own something. Yeah. Like, own something. I found her, I found her character really frustrating. And, you know, just because, you know, she got a touch of the sads because her brother grew up and she doesn't know how to handle it. That's not, she ain't there yet for me. And maybe I'm being too tough on the character, but... I think you are. Um, just really. she. Every time she was on screen, I was just like, oh, God. I get it, Edgelord. Calm down. Can we get more Aaron, please? Because the show has really interesting, powerful moments, but I don't know that the show was interested in really following through with them or maybe just didn't think it had the time to because there's, as said, an ambulance-calling caliber of narrative to lift on this, yeah. on this show. 
the scene with the two errands going at each other, yeah, I realized I was like leaning forward in my seat. It's so powerful for kid Aaron to meet adult Aaron and be completely disappointed. Yeah. And how her life has turned out. And for adult Aaron to be like, like, let me clue you in to like what actually happened. That paper job you did for one day. You don't even know these girls. Yeah. They're nothing to you and you're nothing to them. You were new girl. That's it. So like, if I, if you think I'm a quitter, we got an early start and I'm like, holy shit, that was all incredible. And the stuff with her sister later on. Yeah. And the passing of her mom and just the whole bits with her mom about why you realize, again, Aaron had a justification for why she behaves the way she does. And I never felt like Mac did, or at least not one that I was shown or was said explicitly enough for my liking. When Aaron is freaking out about, I need to get home in the middle of what they think is a nuclear Holocaust. And they're like, what is mm -hmm. wrong with you? Like, just stay here. And she says, my mom cannot speak English. She can't even go to the bank by herself. Like I have to be there to help her. Like, that is all really powerfully communicated to me in that scene. And I never felt I got that with Mac. Maybe you just have to wait, Jordan. <laughs> Maybe I do. Just want everything all the time. You had, you got four episodes so far and you gave me a little bit, but I don't, you know, I haven't gotten that with Tiff and KJ. They're not garbage people. So I don't feel I need it with them yet. Um, well, I guess KJ yeah. killed a guy, but <laughs> yeah, that was all just murdered someone. It's fine. But all of these character moments are super powerful and I'm heavily invested, but we can't spend a ton of time with them because, you know, Ali Wong has to learn how to pilot a Gundam that's sitting in Larry, the farmer's, uh, <laughs> grain silo. Like, <laughs> love it. Pop, pop, I'm so happy pop, about it. Pop, pop, got to keep it moving. Uh, so I am, I don't think I realized from reading the comic anyway, that this was going to bounce through more timelines and maybe get way more head trippy by the time it's done. They have escaped the version of 2019 that they're in by the end of the fourth episode. Mm -hmm. Where are they ending up next? Where are they going to go? That's enough to keep me hanging probably through the rest of the season, especially if they're rocking at 37 minutes an episode. Um, yep. So I, I'm just left with a feeling that this show is, as the kids say, mid. How do you do, fellow kids? It feels like a mid show to me. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad. I'm not saying you no. shouldn't watch it. But it's not a triple-decker Grand Slam either i am definitely colored by the and like the back half of the show right so i think that like i said that that has colored my experience and i enjoyed it, it if we give it kick punches it's it's seven for me okay, see, um, that's interesting because i would give it a seven at the halfway point and i'm much more down on it at this point, then you are having seen the whole thing. So, I mean, if you're a seven having seen the whole thing and I'm a seven now. I think our sevens are different, though, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> our scales are generally much, much uh, yeah, differently aligned. Instead of watching She-Hulk, watch this, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you know. Definitely better than she Like, listen, <laughs> Caitlin coming back with the late episode shots fired, but, like, way better than She-Hulk. Yeah. Paper Girls is way better than She-Hulk. Um, I might find that I might, if you give it a seven, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Because, okay. like, I mean, and just, I cannot get over the performance of the four main leads. They are so good. Listen, the act, um, yes, the acting, the actresses are all fantastic. Listen, there's a, Max pisses, Max pisses me off so much because she's doing such a good job playing that character, right? Like, yes, yeah. There's something to be said for that. 
this is a version of Ali Wong I don't think that I've ever seen before. I didn't, frankly, didn't know she had this in her. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's like Oscar worthy drama, but I mean, the scene with her and Missy, where you get their like differing takes on the last year of their mother's life, like, yeah, oof, <laughs> that was some shit. That was like, I would like to. Uh, keep up with this. Also, again, the show makes weird choices. Aaron, you were bleeding in the closet, and then you just say you have to talk to adult you, and then we just go on to, we're at Chili's for the next 20 minutes? What happened there? Get back to that, please. <laughs> I'm sure it comes back in the next episode, but again, pacing is important. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely ha- has some things to work out. Hopefully second season works them out. And uh, listen, I hope they do get it. I, it's These things are impossible to predict anymore. Last I heard, despite what we said at the time, there's still no confirmation on Sandman getting a second season. Yeah, and some... It's interesting. So, uh, just because we, I just talked about it, that in that Rolling Stone article, he specifically talks about how in the contract with Netflix, um, he, they wrote in basically uh, a part of the contract saying, like, if Netflix doesn't pick it up, they have the option of going to other streaming services. Other places. Right, right. Yeah. And he, as he said, he hopes it doesn't come to that because their streaming numbers are like through the roof. It like was, the show is number one yeah. in tons of different countries around the world. On Twitter, they retweeted that like for at least at this point in August, it was like cumulatively the most stream show. Like the numbers were crushing. Yeah. All um, that seems so, really good, but who knows? And I think if we don't, all I have to say, if we don't know about... Sandman, we probably really don't know about Paper Girls, and I hope it no. does get. I think this. I think you're right. I think it got promoted terribly. It did. I think it got absorbed in the uh, Rings of Power cyclone, yeah. where just all the promotional dollars are going to that because that's their biggest swing. Oh, <laughs> that's another thing. I definitely watched House of the Dragon, but totally forgot to talk about it in an update. So that probably tells you everything I need to know about how I felt about <laughs> House of the Dragon. <laughs> Woo! Yay. Back to Westeros, y'all. Um, but yeah, I think I don't want to see this show not get the shake it deserves. I think it deserves yeah. your eyeballs. Um, even as even for me thinking it's a mid show, I still think it's interesting and it's not just a Marvel paint by numbers type of thing. And it's it's trying to do. This sounds really harsh, but like Marvel, I don't go to Marvel to feel things. <laughs> You know, like I don't go, I don't go to Marvel. I go to Marvel for zip pow, you know, like I want to see several explosions. I I mean, I don't want to see Atlanta blow up again. No, I just want to, I want to, I just want to have a good time. You're a fun hang Marvel, whatever. I don't go to Marvel to feel things. This show actually got me to like feel things, whether it was annoyance at Mac or, or the like really just wanting these two errands to learn to love each other and forgive each other for all these, all these things in their lives. Um, and really want to see how the CGI holds up on that Gundam. All I got to do is see it run towards a portal, so. Yeah. Where are my dinosaurs? They'll bring my dinosaurs. I'll get dinosaurs before the end of the season. You'll get dinosaurs eventually, I'm sure. Anyway, friends, that's on Amazon Prime. Please watch it. I know it's rare for me to be like, this show was just okay, but I want you to watch it. Um, I also want you to watch it so you can let me know what you thought of it, and if you thought I'm being exceptionally harsh, or if it's, uh, or if I'm being accurate in that summation, you can let me know. Yell at me on Twitter at GeekDownPod. Get up off Twitter. That is where we will be. And uh, when I get through the rest of the season, if I need to make any amendments, I will amend as necessary. <laughs> Friends, we are light and tight today. Caitlin's got a hard out. And we have, my God, we've adhered to it so well today. 
so well. I'm so proud of us. It's almost. It's almost like we can be professional when we need to. What? Ha! <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Oh, you chumps. Wait till you come back for another four-hour four episode <laughs> next week. Uh, Kate, Kate, do we know what we're watching next week? Um... Are we going to stretch no. out? Uh, are we going to stretch out? Are we done with August Watch Rama? Do you want to get? No, a- we said we were going to lean into September. Okay. What do we all what watch? The, what, was the, what was the thing? What was the thing we were? Gonna, I'm sure there was the thing. You were really. You wanted to do Stranger Things. Oh, I, I don't damn. know. If, I don't know if that. I kind of. I don't know if that fits comparatively, having just done Paper Girls, but. No, it's sort of over now. Okay. The dis- yeah. the disco has moved on. Well, friends, we don't know, but we'll find we'll find something. There's so much content out there. I'm sure so we can find much. something. To- to watch to polish off August Watcharama in September, yeah. but when when we know, you will know, or you will be surprised and delighted when you come back next week, which I hope you do. Friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show. You know what? I don't know if the volume's down on the MacBook, so I got to check that first, or my entire building is going to hear <laughs> everything that's happening. Hello? Hello? Hey, we're good. <laughs> we were at that place hey. before. That's amazing. <laughs> back to one.